How's everybody doing today? Good morning, church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, you know, we don't typically uh, do these types of things, but I think this morning before we start service, I just want to, we want to address something. We want to talk about something, and then we want to celebrate, and we want to worship, and we want to rejoice. Uh, probably a lot of you uh, probably know already, uh, but our, our dear, dear sister in Christ, Chris Kidder, went home to be with the Lord last Sunday night. And it does come a bit. And this Sunday morning. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. having the best Sunday morning of her life. And as Maureen said, yeah. she's been having Sunday morning every, every minute single day. since. Every single day. Sorry, I she didn't mean, to, no, no, didn't mean to jump in there. <laughs> that's good. We talked about saying that. It's true. And she is rejoicing. And we're going to rejoice with her this morning because she is up there rejoicing. I have a scripture I want to read as we start. It says this. You know, can I just be honest? It hurts. It hurts. It sucks, really. You know? It does. It stinks for us here. <laughs> but not for her. And so I think a lot of times we just need some time to process things. And that's okay to process things. And we as a church, we're going to process this as a family next Sunday. It's going to be around, it's going to be at 4 p.m. here, a memorial service. And we're going to process it as a family. Celebration a celebration service is what we're calling it. Is what it is. is that's what it is, right. And so here I just want to read this scripture. It says, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the next scripture says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And the Bible talks a lot about healing. And healing comes in many different ways. I did a, a message a while back. There's ten different ways God heals in the Bible. But Chris, right now, this morning, is experiencing the ultimate healing, the ultimate restoration, the ultimate power of the resurrection of the cross, everything that Jesus paid for, everything that he paid for, she is experiencing it this morning. And we want to rejoice with that. And so when he says it hurts, it just, it does, it hurts, but I trust in the Lord. Amen. And I know that he loved her most, and he loves me most, and he loves us most. Mm. And he sees a bigger picture than we do, and he always, mm. always causes us to triumph. Amen. He always causes us to triumph. So Chris triumphed. Amen. She is triumphant. <laughs> amen. She is triumphant. Amen, 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 amen. He is faithful, and he is good. Amen. And in the hurt, we run to him. We run to him. And he is the great comforter of our hearts. Amen. And it's so interesting that um, I was talking to someone this week, and she said, and this is so true, I'm not sure if we pray about it as much as we talk about it. Mm. And I was like, so don't we all get into that sometimes where it's just like, no, I prayed about that. And you stop and go, wait a second. Was I just, did I just think about it really hard or did I actually out loud yeah. or actually focus in and pray mm. with the father about that. Right. So when I actually take my, my grief and my grieving and I go to him, mm. he turns it into victory and joy so quickly because I get a revelation 
of eternal life, revelation of what life in Christ is now, and that it doesn't change when we cross over into heaven. Like, we, we are living eternal life right now. And it goes on. Right. It goes on into his presence. Um, and so this morning, Amen. I'm excited to get into his presence. Amen. Amen. And to worship. Next Sunday is a celebration service. Right. Um, I don't know if a lot of you know uh, her son, James, but he was just, none of this I'm sorry stuff. She would have none of it. She would have none of it. She is moving forward. He's like, we can do something, but it's, it's going to be a celebration. So as we're planning that out, man, that's what it's going to be. We're not going to be singing the, the tearjerker songs. Yeah. We're going to be dance, maybe not dancing on the grave because people don't like to sing that song. <laughs> I love that song. Um, but um, glorious day, right? I came out of that grave. Like we are going to be celebrating. Um, and my goodness, she, she was worth celebrating. She is worth celebrating. Amen. Um, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, stand with me, guys. God is good, church. God is good, church. We're going to do a call to worship together. We're going to celebrate who he is, amen, and what he's done for us. So we can pull that scripture up, Grace. It's going to be a Psalm 95. We're going to read the first uh, three verses together on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. Heavenly Father, we worship you this morning. We give you praise. And we know Chris is praising and worshiping with you and shaking the heavens, Lord. And we want to shake the earth here this morning with our praises as we raise them up to you. We give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's worship. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. We worship you. <clears throat> this uh, past... Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? No, it was Thursday. A random uh, family friend of ours came to my house that I was not expecting, and I had to actually leave in like an hour. And But he's a family friend, and I didn't, I didn't recognize him. He looked a whole lot different, and he said, it's me, Brent. And I was like, oh, yeah, come in, you know. And he came in, and he was, uh, he knew my, he's known my family since pretty much before I was born. And he's like, can we go to the backyard where I spent a lot of time with your uncle and your family? And I was like, sure. So we went back, sat by the pool. And we just started talking, and he loves Jesus. Like, he, he loves Jesus. And he started talking to me about righteousness in Romans and how God had been really telling him to study Romans. And I was like, okay, you know, this is really good. But at the same time, I was like, I need to go pretty soon. So I'm kind of watching my clock. And, and 
he talks about righteousness and you know how our how our righteousness is nothing it's Jesus's righteousness and I thought this is good you know but it really wasn't clicking with me because I wanted to get ready to leave and we get to the we finally I'm like I got to get ready to go I'm really sorry he's like no problem and we walk to the car and he's like I just want to tell you about Romans again and so he talks to me for maybe five or ten more minutes and I thought this is really great you know and then I didn't really think much of it but then over the rest of the weekend Friday Saturday and Sunday or today (laughs) um God was really showing me like I let Brent come to visit you for a reason. Because if you're like me, it's very easy to want to be perfect and try to beat yourself up all the time because you're not doing good enough. And we have communion here, and you, you feel, oh, we got to have communion again. We do it all the time. And, you know, you feel maybe guilty. Like, I don't know if I'm worthy enough to take this bread and drink this drink. And... It just weighs on you. But what God has shown me through Brent coming and stopping by is is that it doesn't matter. Come and take of the body and the bread of Christ. Your righteousness, my righteousness, is filthy rags. It is nothing. You could be perfect. I'll just read some of Romans 3 few verses here. We'll start in verse 9. It says, what then? Are we better than they? Not at all, for we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin, everybody. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb, With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. I'm going to stop right there before I continue. Sometimes we think, well, I haven't done all those things. But the Lord told me yesterday morning when I woke up, he said, you're not better than the worst sinner. So stop trying to be better than you are. You're not better. If you lived your life out without me to its full extent, this would be you. The only reason you haven't done any of those things is because of his grace, his mercy, and his love. It says, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the, is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is Christ Jesus." All of our works are nothing. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him as righteousness because he believed God, not because he did all the right things. In fact, after he believed God, he actually didn't do all the right things, but he repented. 
God counted it as righteousness. God has kept his covenant with Abraham to this very day and will until the day of Jesus, until Jesus returns. Amen? So today, as we come to partake, I don't care what you're feeling like. I mean, I care, but understand that Jesus' blood is for you. Communion, we need this Passover meal. We need it. We cannot live without it. Jesus said in the last days, they overcome him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and love not their lives unto the death. How much more should we not partake together as a family, remembering? We're not doing it for us. We're we're doing it to remember Jesus. Sorry, I'm a little feisty today. So, because I need this, guys. I'm preaching. I I need this. God's telling me this, and I, I, I just have to share it. So come up today or go to the back and grab your elements and we'll go back to our seats and then we'll partake together and partake of his righteousness that saves us, not our own. Amen? All right, go ahead and go to the closest table. Father, we quiet our hearts before you. And we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that you sent him. You knew everything we'd do. You knew who we'd become apart from you. We weren't created to be apart from you. There is no hope other than you. You are our only hope. And so we surrender our hearts to you this morning as a family and individually. And we remember, Jesus, your body and your blood, your righteousness, your payment for us, your death on the cross for our sins, your body being broken, taking on all of the curse of sin and death upon yourself. Jesus, we need you, and we want you, and we thank you so much. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Go ahead and partake of the bread.
In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us drink. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the freedom from sin and death, for life eternal with you because of your righteousness. We love you. All right, Liz has something to say to all of us as well. So there's definitely a message that the Lord wants to give today. Um, so we're going to be obedient to that. Um, during worship, I, I walked over to Andy. He was doing communion. I said, listen, I have something to say. So at the end of communion, go ahead and, and pass the mic off to me instead of going right into worship. And during worship, the Lord was just, well, I was struggling. I was struggling not to think about other things during worship. And I thought to myself, how many people stare at the backs of me and Jason and think, wow, they just really worship. I wish I could worship like that. You know that it's a battle, right? That the battle is in the mind. The battle is for, for your heart, for your soul. And we participate, we, we battle. And worship is a sacrifice. You press into it. You press into it and you push the grocery list out of the way. And you push whether or not that person is upset with you. Actually, I push it up. <laughs> I say, okay, well, there's that. But you don't come to worship because you're clean and perfect. You come to worship because he's worthy. Because he is the one, the only one worthy of worship. And he reminded me of um, the summer of 08, where we lost two pregnancies right in a row. And I'm the type of person that holds it together all week. And as we pull, we pull into the parking lot, and I would literally begin to shake. And I wouldn't even make it to the front door before I would start to cry. I'm still that person. Um, and for weeks, I was up right here, just a hot mess. And I didn't need prayer. I just needed to be in his presence. And a good friend came to me and said, Liz, are you okay? And I said to her, it was Rochelle Reynolds, any of you remember her. I said, Rochelle, so long as you see me right there, I'm right exactly where I need to be. I said, if you start seeing me not come to church, then come find me, because then I'm not okay. So the Lord was just talking to me about these things, and so I went over and I told Andy, and I came back and I just was pressing into worship, and I'm pressing into worship, and I grabbed my phone, and I go on safari, because I know the word. I know what's in there, but I never can remember exactly right where it is, okay? And I, I search, I Google search, none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3, verse 10, okay? So if you, I just want you to know, church, that the message of the Lord today is you don't come to church because you're good. You don't come to church because you're good enough. Because I wouldn't qualify. I'm not just saying that to make you all feel better. I'm saying it because it's true. I wouldn't, they wouldn't let me in the door if I had to show some special card showing my qualifications. The only qualification that allows me to come into church is a heart that needs her king. 
I need him, and I believe that he wants me. I believe that he wants my worship. He wants me. He wants to put his arms around me. He wants to help my family. He wants to help my marriage. I believe him. When David sinned and he had sex with another man's wife and then went and had the husband killed, do you know David was still called a man after God's own heart? Why? Because when his sin was made clear to him, like when when he stepped into repentance, he believed in God. He didn't say, you know what? It's over for me and the Lord. I've sinned too much. But no, he didn't He didn't discount the blood of Jesus because his sin was too great. It's the most perverted and weird form of pride. It's just so weird. Like, my sin is too great that the blood of Jesus can't cover it. It's an ugly lie, but it keeps so many people out of church. We're a family. And in in our family, I've used this illustration before, in our family, if my kids did something wrong, they went to the park, okay? Let's say a couple of the girls went to the park, and a strange car pulled up and was talking to them. And they, they, they talked to the person. And they knew that this is a big no. We're not going to tell mom because I just don't want to upset her. She's going to be so disappointed in us. So I'm not going to tell mom. So then it happens again and again. And they don't tell me because they're afraid that their wrongdoing is going to put a separation between us. But instead what they're doing is they're putting themselves in danger. They're putting themselves in danger. They're not trusting in my love for them. They're so afraid of punishment that they forget that love is greater. (laughs) That love is greater. So Jesus is for you. If you're sitting in these seats, if you're listening online, and those thoughts have come to you that I'm just not, I'm not, I can't go to church because, right there, it's a lie. (laughs) I can't go to church because there's people there who will judge me. Yeah, that's true. But Jesus doesn't judge you. I don't judge you. Jason doesn't judge you. Pastor Andy won't judge you. These people here, y'all better not be judging anybody. Because if I find out, I'll be coming knocking. We also won't tell you that you're little. Oh, well, that's a good choice. You know, I'm getting drunk every night. Oh, well, that's, that's awesome. Cool. That's, we're not going to do that either. But we're going to say, how can we love you? How can we help you? How can we step in and bring life to your family? What do you need? We've got the word. We've got Jesus. We've got testimonies. That song, oh, praise the one. Oh, praise the one who paid it all. Jesus paid it all. Oh, praise the one who saved. Give it to me. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt, who raised this life up from the dead. My, my life. And I'm the one, I'm up here. I mean, I think so many of us have this testimony. My life was headed in one direction, and that was in the ways of death, in the ways of death, but he raised me up. I mean, he raised me up. And so it's all Jesus. That's this morning. It's all Jesus. That's what made me go to no one is righteous, no, not one, because it's all Jesus. Our prayer this morning up at the Rose Center, driving in, was, Lord, we just, Jesus, we need you. We need you. We need you to lead in this service. We need you to lead at this church. We need you to lead up at the Rose Center where the church offices are. We need you to lead at 865. That's our address. Jason and I need Jesus. And the only qualification we have to lead a church is that we are so rooted and grounded in the knowledge of that we need him. 
Our faith is in him, not in our own abilities, not in our own ideas, certainly not in our own abilities. It's all Jesus, and we will follow him. This church will follow what, where he leads. When it's scary, we will follow him. When it doesn't feel good, we will follow him. When people get angry at what we say or what we do, we will follow him. We will follow Jesus, and we will love people. So as we go into this last worship song, I just want to encourage you to be strong in your worship and know that just because you're struggling to to enter in or to focus in, the struggle means you're right there. If you've ever looked, uh, watched a movie and there's a battlefield around, it's, it's a messy place. It's not, it's not tidy. It doesn't look like Jojo Gaines' kitchen. It's not awesome. It's a battlefield. Just because you're struggling, don't let condemnation come on you. We struggle to enter into worship, to set aside everything else, and to just enter in and trust him and sing those words and, and trust in him. The struggle is real. We are victorious. Not in one day, but you get stronger and stronger and stronger. Trust in him. Believe in him. He loves you. He's worthy of our worship. And there is nothing that disqualifies you from coming into his presence. And he will pour himself out to us today in everyday church. So stand with me as we enter into worship. And we're just going to sing this this one last song and just um, pour out to him all that we are this morning. Psalm 141. It's a psalm of David. It's a prayer for safekeeping from wickedness, but Just the first um, two verses. Lord, I cry out to you. Make haste to me. Give ear to my voice when I cry out to you. Let my prayer be set before you as incense. The lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Well, I'm going to keep going a little bit. Isn't the word always so good? You just need to keep going a little bit. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity, and do not let me eat of their delicacies. When we cry out to the Lord, he answers us. There's so many of the Psalms, they're all highlighted in my Bible. Answer me quickly, O Lord. Answer me quickly, O Lord. Oh, Lord, incline your ear unto me and hear my prayer. And he does because he is faithful. I just want to close out worship with a reading out of Isaiah 55. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. It says in verse 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. My thoughts higher than your thoughts. It says in verse, actually verse 11 says this. 
so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that your word does not return void. (laughs) That we walk by faith and not by sight. That you are good and you are faithful. And you love us. (laughs) Your mercies are new every day. For me. For each one of us. And we thank you for your righteousness. That cleanses us complete. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Last week was so good. Marilyn Neubauer was here. That was last week, right? Yeah. Time kind of gets away from me. Um, how it is written. So just to wrap this whole service up, his righteousness. We stand on his righteousness, not on how we feel. When you're pressing into worship and all those thoughts are distracting you, um, I'm, I'm looking at Donna Reckett, right? Stress. The stress buster coach. When stress, because that's, <laughs> right. that's what I write. When the stress comes and all these different things. Right. Um, you choose to believe his word. You choose to believe that you're righteous. It's not about what you did yesterday or the day before, how you yelled at your kids on the way to church. You are righteous because of the blood of Jesus. So it all comes, it all starts and begins with faith and believing in who he is. All right. So we're going to go into a time of greeting one another um, and just encouraging one another. If you have children and this is your first time, um, Kid Corner is right over there. I will be over there. Um, We have sermon bag with some fun things for the kids to do during the sermon, Um, some sermon notes and books they can borrow. So you can head over to Kid Corner. ECF kids, you know the drill. On the seat back, there's also a connection card. That's for prayer requests, praise reports, and testimonies. And if it is your first time or if you have new information, go ahead and just let us know that you were here Fill that out. It goes in the offering buckets up here with your tithes and offerings this morning. Um, We'll gather back together. We'll have announcements. We'll pray over the offering, and we'll just see what God has for us during the Word because it's already been such a rich and full time with Him this morning. So let's greet one another. Good morning. I'm going to go over some announcements, if you could all mosey on way back to your seats. (laughs) First night, Youth Night in the Rose Center um, today starts at 6 p.m. There's going to be s'mores, worship, games. Uh, I think it's going to be outside mostly, and I think the weather is supposed to be great, so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, The Luciano Small Group is at 6.30 in the sanctuary tonight as well. On Tuesday night, um, July 20th at 6, we're having our young adult small group campfire at Sydney's apartment. Um, if you have any questions about that, you can email her. I don't know. Yeah, it's up there. Um, or talk to Sydney or I. Um, should be a lot of fun, so we're looking forward to that. And then the next series that we're going to be doing is Esther. So this is like to conclude our Jude series, and then we'll be starting Esther next week. Um... And I think that's it, besides the connection card. If you're a first-time guest, we're so glad that you're here. We welcome you. 
Um, we just encourage anyone to fill out the connection cards and how we can be praying for you or if you have any praise reports as well. Church, how are we doing today? Woo. Glad I came to church today. Amen. God is good. He is moving. He is working. Man, I feel different. Yeah? I feel different now than I did at 9.59 a.m. right before church. I mean, how many feel different already? How many knows God's moving in our, in our life today? Amen? Okay, I got a couple things just to follow on uh, some of Elle's announcements. Next week, uh, Pastor Jack Grobleski is going to be our guest speaker. He's coming in from all the way from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I see. I got you there. This is Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. That's where I grew up, okay? So he was, our, he was actually listening to my uh, pastor growing up, and uh, he's been a pastor for 40-plus years. Uh, but why he's coming is because he's one of the executive directors of One Focus Network, which is a network we are becoming a part of. And he's going to share a little bit about the network and what it is, what it means to apostolically resource a local church what that looks like, uh, how they help us, and I'll tell you what, they've been a huge help to me personally, to Liz personally, the conferences we've gone to, just them pouring into our lives, the times of prayer we've had with them has just been amazing. So I just encourage you next week to come out and hear, as we call him, Grubby, you'll hear us say that sometimes, but it's Pastor Jack Robleski, he's going to be here next week, so we're really looking forward to that uh, next Sunday morning at 10 a.m., um, I think that's all I have as far as the announcements. I do have a testimony before we, before we do the offerings. How many remember Mark and Victoria Bowling? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were here just a few, few weeks ago. Uh, we've kind of like a summer series of guest speakers, I guess, maybe, is what, that feel, what it's been feeling like. Uh, but here, I got a text from Mark. I don't know when this is. My phone tells me. Thursday. There you go. Uh, it says, we just got in from Pakistan last night. Remember he was going to Pakistan? Yeah, never? Okay. The reports are now flooding in. The team on the ground has been collecting and sending the reports into our guys. Here's what we know. From we've had the one night, they had the one night big meeting where we bust people in. There was 103,872 people there in which they chartered 600 buses. It says that 88,217 people received Jesus at the festival. That's like eerie. That's like eerie. Right? I mean, isn't the population now below 100,000 eerie? So that's like eerie Pennsylvania was saved at this thing. Amen? I'm believing for eerie Pennsylvania to be saved. Amen? He can reach 100,000. I mean, we can do 100,000, right? That's right. And we're a part of this. And this is why I'm sharing this, because we support them monthly as a minister, as, as missionaries from our church that we send them out. And so that's why he's sending me this information. You can probably find it on his website, too says there have been reported 38,664 miracles and healings. He said in one meeting, 60 women reported breast tumors disappearing. Come on, guys. Give the Lord a hand. That's right. This church, we are truly, as Liz said, we are truly part of that um, as a church. And so when we give our tithes and our offerings, yes, it goes to pay the electric bill. Uh, and the mortgage until, hallelujah, that thing gets paid off. We're excited about that. But it goes to support missionaries. It goes to support missionaries and see that work. So we're a part of that work. So let's just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, 
for every gift, every giver, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are moving and working and you are saving souls, Lord. By your Holy Spirit, you are doing the work. And thank you, Lord, for Mark and Victoria. Continue to bless them and their ministry. And we just thank you for this church that you have planted here in Erie, Pennsylvania, Lord, for Erie Christian Fellowship. I thank you for every bill paid. Father God, I thank you that you are blessing this church and the congregation. We give you all the praise and honor and glory. In your precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm excited to preach this morning. It's been a little bit, yeah? It's been a little bit. This week, of course, next week I'm not up either, but we've, you know, the summer has been different for us. Uh, we've, we've took the month of June off. And what I really felt led to share on this morning is I initially called it sabbatical reflections. And we're in this series called uh, Summer School, and we're talking about the school of faith. And I've changed it actually based on what, what Liz had said yesterday, which was really good. I don't have the title up there. But it's Reflections from Rest. Reflections from Rest. Because what I'm going to tell you this morning applies to every single person. I can hear my voice. There are things we can do in our lives, and there is reflections from rest that I want to share with you this morning that have really honestly transformed how I live and operate in my day-to-day being. And at the end of the day, our goal is to find rest in every day, to find Jesus in every moment. And I want to talk about that this morning. So the subtitle of my message... You guys ready for this? It's called Be Bold. Be Bold. And you're like, oh, Pastor Jay, mm, that's good. That's right. You know, I've been thinking about getting up and getting bold and getting on social media and start blasting my thoughts and opinions. You know what? I just, Pastor Jason has encouraged me to be bold, to get in people's faces and to preach the gospel from the top of my desk when I'm standing at work. I'm so excited about him telling me to be bold. And, That's not the type of boldness I want to talk about this morning. And the reason why I'm calling it Be Bold is this. How many of you guys know I like coffee, yeah? And I'm like, I like coffee out of the Keurig, like I like it specific. You you guys heard the story, right, when I come down in the morning to get my cup of coffee, it's like, you know, you drag down, and the beautiful, you just put the pot in, you hear that beautiful snap, the pop. Anybody who uses a Keurig knows exactly what I'm talking about. And you hit the button and like literally within one minute, you're drinking a hot cup of coffee just as you want it. And so forever, as I've been looking for coffee, I got something called Wegmans Organic Bold Coffee. And I don't know if you can see it. You probably can't, but I I don't have a picture of it. But this was formerly how the K-cup or the pod looked like. It just says Wegmans. It says Organic. And real, real small down here at the bottom, it says bold coffee. That's all it said, real small. Well, during this time of rest and reflections of rest, we went to Wegmans and we bought the coffee pods. And I came home and I opened them up. And this now is the coffee pod, which you can't see. It just says bold. It says bold in real big letters across. And as I looked at it and I put it in the Keurig and I heard the pot... Yeah? And it started going, the Lord was like, did you see what was on there? You see how it looks different? And it says, bold. And the Lord said to me, clear as day, I want you to be more bold. And so I spent the rest of this time of rest and reflection saying, Lord, what does that look like? What does that mean? 
to be bold for you? Is it just, is it, is it preaching differently? Is it organizing differently? Is it changing the strategy? Is that what it is? Is it for me to share the gospel more? And he showed me four things I want to give you this morning. Four things that truly has begun to transform just how I live and operate. And I hope that it does the same thing for you. So much so that my daughter last night, this is a testimony. You ready? My daughter, one of my daughters, who is very sensitive to the spirit, she had said, what, is it, what was her exact word? She said something like, Dad was really calm today and happy. I mean, if you guys don't understand, like, that's like a <laughs> congratulations. Oh, that's an amazing thing. Like, typically, I am a little bit wired up. I'm a little bit, like, tight, you know what I mean? Like, I'm constantly, like, driving and pushing and moving and just walking, and I'm never, like, really still. God created us all differently, and that's okay. But it was a different sense that I have about me now because of what the Lord had done in me. And the first one is this. Point number one is this. Be bold by being honest. And the scripture the Lord kind of revealed to me out of Proverbs 6, 16, it says, these, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue. And he, I just stopped. I even think Marilyn may have said something about that scripture last week. And what really resonated to me is, yeah, you know, okay, we don't go out, many of us don't go out and say lies or tell white lies. But the Lord said, are you being honest to yourself and to me about how you feel about a certain situation? Or how you feel about the church? Or how you feel about your marriage? Or how you feel about someone's health issues? Or how you feel about anything? And the Lord said, be bold by being honest. And I was like, whoa. And I think too often we shy away from being honest. Not honest, like I've, a lot of us want to share our opinions, how we feel about everything else going on in life and in politics and what we see and critical race theory and whatever it is, we want to all share all these things about it and we want to be really honest how we feel there. But how often do we actually reflect at how we are feeling on the inside? God knows already how you're feeling. You don't have to hide it. Yes, there are power, there's life and death in our tongue, but I'm tired of walking around as Christians not being honest about how our marriages are really doing. I'm tired of meeting with people and saying, oh yeah, everything's fine, yeah, it's great, everything's good. And then finding out they're separated. You weren't being honest. I'm tired of men walking around saying, oh yeah, I don't deal with this problem or that problem, I'm good to go, I've got no problems. And find out they've been rooted in, in a sin for years. Now women typically, you guys do the same thing. You're not getting out of it. You may share it amongst yourselves maybe. Maybe you talk about it, you know, in the bathroom or whatever. Let me just, on a side note, before I let the ladies, ladies have it here as well. This is an equal opportunity preaching here this morning. Everyone's going to get it, Okay. Uh, I'm coming off a rest, so it feels good. You know, I can say things. Uh, but we were in the bathroom. This was like, this is the guy's bathroom. 
This was at halftime of the church service. So I'm a sports guy. I love analogies. I went out there to the restroom. There was like four of us in there. I'm like, guys, it's been a great, great first half so far. Literally, this happened. How many, the guys who were in there can attest to this. I think it was an amazing first half church service. Let's go out there and do the same thing in the second half. Holy Spirit is moving. We don't need to change our game plan. God is good. He is working. Lives are being changed. Ready, break. And I walked out of the bathroom. Honestly, so there was someone in the stall, and I don't know who it was, but they were privy to my pep talk at halftime here. So anyway, I said, why did I say all that? I have no idea. Oh, ladies, sometimes you guys talk in the bathroom. Whatever. What I'm saying is, is I think that we struggle. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think that we struggle speaking honestly about how we're feeling in our lives. And I would encourage you, if you don't have someone currently to talk to, to mentor you, to sit down and talk with you, that you would find one. But I'd also encourage you to write it down. Now, you may write down how you're feeling, and you may tear it up and turn it, you know, burn it eventually or cross it out. This is a lie from the enemy, whatever it is. But during this time, this month of June, I wrote down everything. I just wrote it down. I took the additional five minutes to write down what I was feeling, what I was thinking, how I was angry about something. <gasps> you mean you can say to someone that you're angry about something? Yes. It says, be angry, but do not sin. It doesn't say, don't ever be angry. And I think too often we get wrapped up in not saying truly how we are feeling. When God knows how we're feeling anyway. You know that you can be honest with God? You can be honest with them. You can talk to him with honesty and say, I don't understand why that happened. And he may say, you're never going to know. And we have to be okay with not knowing something sometimes. But we have to be honest. And I honestly think that it takes a boldness to be honest. It takes a boldness to be honest. There's a scripture in Habakkuk 2.2. It says, Then the Lord reminded or answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. When we write things down, it is a reminder for us. It, we're able to reflect on it. We're able to see it. And do you know that I started writing down some of my deepest feelings on how I was angry at this or upset at that at the very end of May? And do you know at the beginning of June, it was like this weight lifted off of us? Because the Lord was saying, be bold by being honest. To stop pretending like something isn't actually happening. Now, do we speak in faith? Do we declare the things we know that the word of God says and declare scripture over it? Absolutely. But I think as a church, we have to understand it's okay to be honest. It's okay to talk to people and share your heart with them. Because guess what, guys? You don't all have it all together all the time. And I'm, the, I'm, I'm like, you know, the lead member of our crew here. I don't have it all together all the time, and it's okay to say it. You have permission to say it. I'm not saying you have permission to dump on somebody all the time. What I'm saying is you have permission to be honest because the Lord hates what? A lying tongue. He doesn't even want you. Stop lying to yourself about how you're feeling on certain situations. So write it down. Be bold by being honest. The analogy I have, I think, on this one is if you ever like YouTube or watch a video of like a tire exploding, 
I mean, it's like this crazy thing that boom, it just blows up. But it's really hard to tell when the explosion's going to happen. And what we do in our lives as a Christian, I do too, is just, we just keep the pressure on the inside, yeah? Like we're trying to be perfect, as Andy said earlier, or we're trying this, or we want to make everybody happy, or whatever it is that you deal with, you just keep internalizing and internalizing, and it's like this pressure building and building and building and building until one day, one time, boom, it snaps. But I think what the Lord is encouraging me with, what I'm encouraging you, is there's pressure relief valves. There's mentors and people we can talk to. There's turning to the word of God. There's spending time in worship. There's praying. There's pressure relief valves that God has given us to be able to relieve some of the pressure as the pressure is building. So be bold and be honest. Point number two. Be bold by praying more and worrying less. Like that's not bold. You're darn right it's bold. It actually is easier, in my opinion, sometimes just to worry about stuff. And I, who said this the other day? And we call it planning, right? We call it planning. Well, I just need to plan this. And that's okay if you're a planner. I'm not saying you're wrong if you're a planner. But when you plan something and then look over it and then memorize it and write it a third time and take a picture of it and then really rearrange it so that the plan looks better this way. And then what are we actually doing? We're actually worrying about what's going to happen. And the Lord is saying, pray more and worry less. Church, pray more and worry less. And we, you said it earlier. How many times do we go around saying, you know, I need to pray about that? But we're actually just talking about it to each other and not to him. Right? We do this in our marriage all the time. We're like, yeah, you know what, man, we really need to pray about, you know, one of our children, this and that. And then we just have this 25-minute conversation about it. We get interrupted 15 times by one of the children. And then we go our separate ways. And we never actually prayed about the situation. And so we're trying to make it a habit in our life to say, stop, let's pray. Just cast the, cast the care right now. Right now, let's pray about whatever situation it is. However we're feeling, whatever it is, now we're being honest all of a sudden with ourselves. So can we now pray about it? I actually think it takes a boldness. And it's the boldness is actually giving it to the Lord. It's actually releasing it. We, we, we want to hold on to this. We want to control it, don't we? Come on, guys. I'm with you. Like, we want to control everything that happens. If I can just control this and do that, and if I talk to this person ahead of time and do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and then a few more things, everything's going to work out perfectly. It never works out perfectly. But we spend so much time trying to do it perfectly. Here's what the, here's what the Bible says, Matthew 6, 33. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek him first. Pray first, immediately. Pray more, worry less. Pray more, worry less. What happens when we seek first his kingdom, his right? All these things shall be added to you. Verse 34 says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Okay? We got puppies now at the house. Sufficient of the day is its own trouble. Okay, puppies are, I, you did hear me correctly. I-E-S is the word that I use at the puppies. Yes, plural, we got two at the same time. Uh, and yes, it is harder than one at the same time. So all of you who have had twins, you know, I don't know if you've had twin babies, God bless you. God bless you, because coming two at a time is, is, is difficult. 
But we have to pray more and we have to worry less. Here's something that uh, Marilyn encouraged me with last week. You guys can write this down. She said, you know what? This wasn't at church. This was when I was meeting with her. She said, I think we need to have a definition change of the word responsibility. I said, what do you mean by that? She says, let's look at responsibility not in what we have to do and what we have to say and all this, but let's make responsibility our response to his ability. Our response to his ability, which to me says, oh my goodness, I'm going to pray first and worry less because I'm giving it to him. Liz, you said, push it up, right? I'm just, I can't worry about this anymore. This has to be in his hands. My response to his ability. Look, this is hard, I get it. Our culture is like, you know, plan, get ready, do all these things, and there's nothing wrong with planning. So don't get me wrong. But I think we need to pray more and worry less. So when you find yourself worrying about whatever it is, just stop and pray. Just take a second, cast the care. In your car, stop and pray. Out loud. At your workplace, stop and pray out loud. It's okay to pray out loud. In fact, I encourage it, because when we say it out loud, I mean, there's life and death are in the power of the tongue, right? There's power when we say it out loud. Responsibility should be my response to his ability. I love that. Okay, number three, be bold. Be bold and find joy in every circumstance. Man, this is a hard one for me. This is, I think, one of the things that really has changed my life in the month of June, this this, uh, reflections on rest, is to actually intentionally seek and find the joy in every single circumstance. This is actually harder than you think. Maybe, Maybe it's hard for all of you. Maybe some of you are just like, what? I find joy all the time. Somebody cuts me off, joy. (laughs) Boss just got done yelling at me, joy. (laughs) Found it, no problem, right? But the challenge is, is if we don't make a habit of finding joy and seeking the joy in every circumstance, we just keep going day after day after day after day with no joy. We get worn out and we get tired, but God wants us to have joy in the process every single day. Every day there's opportunities for rest and reflections of rest and finding the joy in every single circumstance. It says in James 1 verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy. You actually count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your, pa- of your faith produces patience and let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Do you know that when we find joy in the circumstance, in the situation, actually begins to change our attitude towards the situation? And then your daughter or son will come up to you and say, wow, dad's like super calm all of a sudden, even though the power went out, okay? The power went out last night at our, at our place. Normally, when the power goes out at my house, you know my response? Unbelievable. Of course. Of course, it's going to be dark in like an hour. Like, I don't know where all the, have I even run the generator? I haven't run that generator in like six months. Is it even going to start? I have no idea. I actually bought the extension cords. I don't even remember where I put them. Now I got to go find them. Somebody get me a flat. Like, this would be normal response, Jason, May of 2021. Look, guys, it's not like I got this all solved, okay? Like, I, I get it. I'm working on this with you guys. But July 2021, like, hey, 
praise God, I still have an hour left of daylight to see if I can find some of the things. And I literally casually began to walk, and some, a kid actually stopped me to tell me a story when I was going outside to find the generator, and I actually stopped and listened to the story. <laughs> Honestly, I did. And normally I'd be like, like I, the, the power's out. I don't have time to listen to the story about Hyrule Warriors or whatever. You're, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but I actually stopped. And you know, it like took everything in me of like standing at the door. I'm just like, right like the sliding door I'm like wanting to just pull the door open I saw just I kind of turned into one of these mm-hmm obey that's that's awesome that's awesome tell me more about that yeah <laughs> because I realized like me plowing over my child and their story is not going to actually help me get the power on any faster Lord Show me where the extension cord is so I can plug my refrigerator in so I don't lose $1,000 of meat. Okay? There's my prayer. Kid wants to tell me something. So I listened to it for a second. Okay? Like, this is like... But it actually took intentionality to find the joy in every circumstance, in every situation, because not everything is hunky-dory all the time. Not everything goes our way all the time. So we actually have to go find the joy. And here's my analogy for this. How many, like, when you're just about to leave the house and you can't find your keys, what's their response? Right? Usually, I put them there and now they're not there. Who moved them, right? Okay, and so, like, who was the last one who drove the car? Where's mom's purse? They're probably in there, right? And everyone starts to frantically run around and look for something. But what if we kind of frantically ran around and looked for the joy in the circumstance and in the situation that we have? And say, you know what? What I see is this, but I can see God moving here. I can see this happening over here. You know what? I'm going to pray for my boss who just lashed out at me. Because you know what? That person needs Jesus, and I'm not going to respond the way I normally responded. And we actually can find joy no matter what we're doing. You say, yeah, when you're changing a baby's diaper, you can find joy as equally in the city. Everyone's like, ah, can't. No, you can. At the same time, if you're ministering to somebody and mentoring them and praying for someone, we have to learn, guys, that this life that we're living, it doesn't have to be a Sunday morning experience. We can find the joy in every day. We can find the joy in every circumstance. So what have I done as far as losing my keys? I am able to find my joy in finding my keys quickly all the time. You know how? Oh, my keys. I got a tile on my key now. And you see, it's easy for me to find the keys because I just click a button and I'm able to find them that quickly. Even though if I didn't, right, how many times are they actually in our pocket when we're looking for them, right? Ah, the keys, they're right there. Where's our glasses? They're on our head, right? You know, what I'm saying is, though, is the example of that is I put a tile on my keys so I can find them all the time. So if we could walk through our lives saying, I'm going to find joy in every circumstance, and it takes practice. It's not like I'm going to walk outside today and see a flat tire. I'm going to be like, 
all right, I got a flat tire. I'm going to witness now to the guy who comes to fix my flat tire, right? That's usually not our first response. Maybe it is for some of you. God bless you, okay? But this is a process that we have to go and find joy. And I think it takes a boldness to find that joy in every circumstance. Point number four. Michael, you want to come up or whoever if you're on the keys here. Point number four is be bold and be you. Be bold and be you. I think we all, me included, have spent too much time looking at how somebody else is doing it. How somebody else preaches or how somebody else fathers or how someone, whatever it is in your case, you know what you guys do. We fall into this comparison trap. But here's what the Bible says in Psalm 139. It says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The Lord's encouraging me and us to be who you are. Does that mean that God's not changing and working in our lives, taking us to become more like him? Ah, yeah, it actually it does. He's working on that. But he knows where you are. Stop trying to pretend. Be honest. This is from the beginning. Be honest with where you're at. Be honest with him. Be honest with God. Say, Lord, here's where I'm at. I need your help. I'm tired of trying to be somebody else, to act like somebody else, to do it some other way. And Jesus, I need you to help me do it. I wrote this down. If you think that you weren't created right, then you're questioning God. If you think there's something wrong with how he created you, then you're actually questioning God. Now, is there an environment that changes people? Absolutely. Upbringings that change people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that God loves you and God has created you and it's okay to be you. It's okay to be Jason Ackerman. I don't have to be Pastor Jim Dumont. I don't have to be some famous preacher on TV. In fact, I don't want to be. I just have to be who I am. And the Lord will use that. And the Lord will take that and he'll mold that and he'll change me and grow me to become more and more like him. I used to tell the youth all the time down when I ran, when I ran youth downstairs, I think I've done this to you guys, I've tricked, tricked them in the past. So how many of you want to be more like Jesus? Yeah, 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 me, 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 me. Please, I want to be more like Jesus. I say, oh, well, I'm glad that you raised your hand. Let's talk about how Jesus is going to work in your life. And in order for us to become more like Jesus, we have to be willing to grow and take those next steps. But I think God's encouraging us this morning is to be you. Be bold and be you. It's kind of like those dogs that we have at home, those puppies. They started trying to act like a cat, and you'd be like, what the heck's wrong with these dogs? But they don't act like cats. Trust me. They don't. They act like dogs. They know exactly who they are and how God created them to be. So I conclude with this. Church, I want us to be bold and find rest in daily living. 
by being honest with where we're at, by praying more and by worrying less, by finding joy in every circumstance, and by being you, who God created you to be. So bow your heads with me this morning. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Jason, yeah, one of those points, two of those points, all of those points, I struggle with. And I just want you to pray with me this morning. I'm not going to ask anybody to come up front today or even to stand up. I'm just going to ask if you would raise your hand if that's you this morning. On any of those accounts, just slip your hand up. Thank you. Praise God. Lord sees your hand. (laughs) I see it, but the Lord sees it. Father, you see every hand that is raised. Father, they are saying today, I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. Father, give them the boldness to be honest about how they're feeling and where they're at. Father, give them the boldness to pray more and to release all those things that they're worried about. Father, give them the boldness to find, intentionally finding joy in every circumstance, in every situation. And Father, give them the boldness to be who you created them to be. Whatever their disc profile, whatever their Myers-Briggs, whatever it is that you've created them uniquely and wonderfully made. For this time, for this purpose, Father, encourage them this morning. And Father, I just pray for the husbands and the men in here this morning, Lord, that we would be bold to pray more for our wives, to be bold not in arrogance or to be yelling more, but to be servant leaders of our homes. Father, that us men would lead by example. And that the true ministry that God does in our children and in our family happens on a day-to-day basis. That it's not not just preaching one message to your kids at night, but it's day-by-day living. As we're coming, as we're going, Lord, help us to remember that. Father, I pray for all the ladies in here. That you would rise up them a boldness to pray even more for their families. That their boldness would grow in how you created them and who they are. And even when they're doing what seems to be meaningless tasks of cleaning up or straightening up for the 10,000th time, another Lego piece. Lord, that you would encourage them that what they're doing is important, what they're doing is meaningful. They would be able to walk in that boldness of knowing you are for them and you are with them. We thank you for it, Lord. With every head bowed and everyone's eyes still closed, if there's anyone here this morning who say, Pastor Jason, I... There's been so much talk about this righteousness today. 
about what Jesus did for me on the cross. About paying the price for my sins. If you say, I've never made that commitment. I've never said, Jesus, come into my life. If that's you this morning, if you've never made that declaration of having Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you want to do that this morning, just slip your hand up. Okay. Father, I know no one's hands are up here this morning, and maybe there's someone watching online whose hand is raised, and we don't know that. But so, Father, we just ask now that you minister to that person. Father, that they will receive the perfect and beautiful gift that you have provided. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have come, that you took my sin on that cross, that you paid that price, that on the third day, death was defeated, and you rose again for me, for every one of us. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, look up here. I just want to give a benediction here this morning as we leave. Don't forget tonight, youth, 6 o'clock up at the Rose Center, uh, then the Luciano group here, 6.30 right here. My benediction this morning is this. Just receive this out of Philippians 1, starting in verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense. Can we be without offense till the day of Christ? That's a whole other message. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen and amen. We'll have some prayer teams up front here. They'll be able to pray for you if there's anything that you need prayer for specifically. They'll be up here to pray with you. Otherwise, you guys are dismissed. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Amen.